Pussy, puss, puss, give him cunt, 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 bitch. <laughs> wow. So we're just straight up the gate filthy. <laughs> Hi, filthies. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you feeling stylish? I am feel. I'm giving a look. I'm giving lots of titty today. Like I'm feeling it. Feeling the style. <laughs> All right, welcome back. I'm E with the C. I'm E with the K. And today we're gonna be talking not necessarily about pussy. Yeah, we're not. We're sorry. That was very bad on my part. But <laughs> we're gonna be talking about style. So we put ourselves in the space of what's that song called? Hair, nails, lips, heels. By Todd Call. So. Yeah. Time about hair and makeup today. We are talking about hair and makeup. Now buckle up because we've been promising this show a hair episode and we are going to give it to you bitches like that. Okay. And it's really going to be really about our struggles and coming to terms with our hair and our, um, our aesthetic. It's not going to be quite along the lines of style, but I hope you guys, especially if you are Caucasian, white, listening to this hope you can maybe relate in some ways as well but i don't expect you to i really don't expect you to either <laughs> uh to be quite honest yeah. because like i'm probably gonna say later on white is the default when it comes to hair and aesthetics and makeup yeah you definitely see representation and things that fit them more than they fit us like we're white is the default and then we as people of color are always like trying to make adjustments. Like we're always trying to like find ourselves and it's not cool. <sighs> and it really gives us trauma later on down the line. But speaking of trauma, let's talk about our hair trauma. Yay. So I have Afro textured hair. I have, like, I think I said in one episode, like 4C, like kinky, curly. I do not like to use the N word. And the N word is nappy, not the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's clarify that really yeah, quick. I don't use the, the N word only because it is damaging. I didn't really internalize it. Anything my dad really said, I feel that I didn't take it hard on myself. But if you really think about it, there are people who really internalize that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so for you and your um, Latinx and Afro Latina roots, like, tell us about it. Right. I also have, well, my hair is like multi-textured. Mm -hmm. So I have like three, eight, no, wait, no, wait. I don't even know. It's partially like there's some waves in it. There's three C hair. Yeah. The ringlets. The ringlets. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you get to the real back of the hair, mm -hmm. there are even like, like way in the back, like kinks, mm -hmm. kinky hair in the back. Mm-hmm. So I have a mishmash of hair and it took me a long time to actually embrace it. Yeah. I, there are still even days where I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this. Yeah. I mean, the kinks and the curls and all that stuff, like everyone has multiple textures of hair. Um, but as we're going to go over in the episode of learning how to take care of it, um, I was specifically say with black girls, if you didn't get a relaxer, before the age of 10, then you were kind of lucky because my mom, for whatever reason, the story goes, she was listening to a friend of hers that said that she relaxed her daughter's hair. And I'm four at this at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a relaxer when I was very young at four years old. 
And so I didn't even know what my actual texture of my hair looked like until I chopped off my hair when I was 19. Uh, oh, that yes. is awful. I know. And I... mom, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Just putting there. that in there. <laughs> I got to tell her because she'll internalize it and be sad. Aww. Yeah. Uh, for me, so one of the things my dad used to say to me is that my hair looked like a rat's nest or a bird's nest oh. if I didn't like comb it or something like that because it would just like be very curly. But to be fair, like my mom didn't really know what to do with it either. So I've had relaxers on and off. My mom always thought like straight was the default and my parents were like, if your hair is straight, it looks professional, looks neat. I still don't really know what to do with my hair. I'm just learning new techniques all the time now. Yeah, just relearning, or not even relearning for me, learning mm -hmm. how to take care of your hair. Um, and I, I read that particular meme that says, like, stop calling um, black hair um, nappy. Like, our hair is um, so, so fragile that we have to wrap it in silk. And I had never really thought about it before. I right. was like, that's deep as shit. Like, I never, like, saw my hair something fragile. But the the language around um, Afro-textured hair is something of, like, kinky, like, nappy, messy, like, rough. Like, just not unprofessional, unprofessional like and, you know, more along the lines of ugly. And so if you are a Black girl or, like, you know, a Latinx girl like yourself with Afro-textured hair, then... I mean, you really just start, here we go. Like you start to think of features that you naturally have that you can't do anything about as something unattractive and, and ugly. Mm -hmm. Because even when you talk about just the texture of the hair, it's like coarse, um, mm -hmm. tangled, yep. just things that are like unwanted. And it's like you said, like your hair is so delicate mm -hmm. that you have to moisturize it, that you have to baby it your hair is basically a cast iron skillet like it's valued it's prized it yeah. needs to be babied to be, <laughs> to be kept in its like most pristine condition like the condition that you're like ah this is what i wanted yeah and in particular with like white girls like i said i grew around i grew up around a lot of white girls they would say things about their hair being like oh my hair is like greasy and, you know, black girls, we put grease in our hair because we need grease. But need the moisture. Yeah, we need the moisture. We need, like, that that different type of product in it. And so they would be like, oh, my hair is so greasy. Oh, my hair is so tangled, matted, things like that. And Frizzy. Frizzy. Negative connotations around these things that are naturally occurring in black girls and women. And it's just like, we can't fucking catch a break, man. <laughs> So and it, the struggles is, is definitely real. But then at the same time, so I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, it's also like being weirdly coveted by white people. Um, the weird touching. The weird touching. Yeah. And I'm thinking of a particular incident when I was seven. Like I would just wear my hair curly all the time and like didn't really fucking care because I was seven. Mm -hmm. And didn't have patience for it. Mm -hmm. that part hasn't changed. I still don't have fucking patience for it. But my teacher would always say like, oh, I love your hair. I wish I could have hair like yours. It's so beautiful and curly. Like, it's just a weird. Yeah. Like, mm, there's no other word I have but fetish and obsession over this hair that I'm like, 
that I've been told is just looks unprofessional in a rat's nest. Yeah. I mean, you got that. Um, black girls, especially with my type of hair, don't get that. <laughs> I mean, and not to like diminish that, but like we get like the fascination and the fetishization of it, but it's not like coveted. Like no one is walking up to an Afro girl, girl with Afro and being like, Oh my gosh, like your hair is so beautiful. Like, I mean, I mean, do, not then, maybe now. Yeah. Now. Yes. Then definitely fucking not. And that's just being real. Um, but on the flip side of this, with what you were saying with the language surrounding like, your hair and there's this weird dichotomy of like people really wanting your hair. They want to touch it. They like, they treat you like an animal. <laughs> like, yeah, they get weirdly obsessed with it, especially like yeah. if you change your hairstyle. Like, if, Oh yeah. 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 Yep. I'm yep. just thinking that Amanda Seals joke where <laughs> the um, person she's talking about, like changed their hair, hair from like, I can't remember exactly what it is now, but like buns to dreads and like a white person mistakes her for another black person. Oh yeah. Like when you have like an updo to something else. Um, That was the thing. So, uh, so hair rituals, I know we didn't put this in the show in the notes, but hair rituals surrounding Afro textured hair goes a little something like this (laughs) on Sunday at the dawn of Eve. Before church. Before church, if you went to church, um, your mother would, well, this would actually start Saturday night if you were going to church. Mm -hmm. So the dawn of Saturday. (laughs) As the sun sets. Your mother would definitely get you into getting your hair washed, conditioned. You would sit under the dryer. If your mom was on the wave of the curling iron on the fucking stove, why do I hear all these descriptions? I like can hear triggered? the no. <laughs> Like I can hear the hair dryer, the over the head hair dryer. Oh, my ass got the sizzle stove. Oh, yeah, bitch. Like, and I'm like a kid. Yeah. Not only are we putting like harsh chemicals on your hair, but like we also get that fucking straight flat yeah, iron, straightening iron on the Ooh. stove because we had gas <laughs> on that freshly lit. So I'm like, I know a black girl listening to this, like, yes, bitch, like, I feel it. I'm telling you, like, that is our the life. The Con Air Remington hair, like, straightener. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Um, occasionally, you would get braids. Um, I, I am tenderhead to the point of, like, I can kind of deal with it. But just after a while, when my mom would, would braid my hair, like, he would, she'd pull it and, like, it would be this weird, like, spine tingle and it was just awful um and then you get like the pink lotion the blue magic the fucking like i can't remember what it's called but it's a green grease that smells terrible but it's essentially green petroleum jelly so filthies if you feel me you fucking know (laughs) yep send an email that just says i feel you yeah um and then you learn from a very young age to wrap your hair in the silk scarf with the roller set at seven years old, and you must find a way to sleep. So you will have curls the next day and be presentable, air quotes, to the congregation. To the congregation. I guess the fucking classroom appears mm-hmm. who are then just like kind of gawking. Yeah. And so. 
if it's like, you know, a couple days and you want to go swimming, bitch, you going to wear a swimming cap. I can just hear the snap of the rubber swimming cap. Like, here you go. Yep. And little Christina don't got to wear one, though. And look, your kitchen would still shrivel up, girls, as you know. So the kitchen is the back of your um, hair mm. and the curly part. Um, that will grow out the fastest. So you're going to get your relaxer and it's going to shrivel up and then your kitchen will be showing because you got that new growth. Oh gosh. Oh yes. I didn't realize it was called a kitchen. It's the kitchen. Whew. So I'm just unpacking the therapy. The hair trauma. The hair trauma. So any, you got any hair stories you want to share with the filthy? Oh, so like I said, my mom didn't really know what to do with my hair or my sister's hair. Um, and she was also like, a cosmetologist. So all of the new trends that was mostly from white people, she would try on us. So mm. when I was about nine or 10, the end thing was layers. Okay. And what she didn't realize or know or whatever, like she just didn't do it. Is that my sister and I needed long layers because our hair had shrinkage. Mm-hmm. It was not like straight hair where you could just like do short layers and like call it a wrap. Mm-hmm. So she chopped off all my long hair, and my hair ended up being shoulder length, which did not go with my very round face. And I looked at myself in the mirror and just cried because I had like a pyramid afro on my hair that I didn't know what to do with. Like afros themselves, beautiful round pyramids on a <laughs> ten-year-old are terrible. Like, do not give your child a pyramid. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do with it, and I just felt ugly. And I remember a teacher complimented me on it, and it was a white teacher who was like, oh, your hair's so pretty today. And I just cried because Aww. I was like, oh, it looks like your hair. Your hair looks terrible. Oh, I mean. That's just my opinion. We'll get to it. <laughs> That's my opinion. Like, they should not have permed hair. Mm-hmm. It just looks it just conjures up an in- image of me, and I don't appreciate it. Right. Um, but I also said my mom also got my sister and I relaxers. I hated the burn of it. Mm-hmm. It would drive me crazy, like, to the point where it was just so painful, I just kept crying over it. Yeah. I think my last relaxer was when I was 16, and I made her cut it short because I was like, I'm not, this is too, this is too painful. Yeah, but since then I have died. I've died and fried the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. So now my hair is at its shortest again. Yeah, back to shoulder length. It'll definitely grow out. It'll grow out. It'll be fine. But yeah. at least it doesn't look like a pyramid. So I'm cool. So I mean, that's definitely traumatic. I mean, especially like with the hair burn. Like your scalp with a relaxer. On fire. Yeah, it would be I on fire. can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, because you can't touch it. So if you're going to get a relaxer, you can't touch your hair. You can't scratch it. You can't do anything to it that will break the skin of your hair. Or your fucking scalp will be on fire. And then you'll have scabs in your hair <laughs> or in your head. So, I mean, it's really just fucked up. It is. And then, he, like, the parents will get mad at the kid. Yep. For being agitated and mm-hmm. like being upset, and they're like, "Well, hold still, because like your hair, like you need your hair to be straight." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Like I just remember this. I'm like, "Oh, I don't care exactly. if my hair is straight. Like I Absolutely. am just in pain." Yes, exactly. Like my mom would get a little annoyed when I would start. She would be like, "Are you burning?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." And she's like, oh, 
I just got it in there. And so like really what happens is your hair becomes under process and then sometimes it becomes over processed. So then your hair just looks fucked up, bro. Um, but like the more I was straightening it and like dyeing it and frying it and like just trying to press it into submission, yeah, the more fucked up my hair would look anyway. It just mm-hmm. looked like dark straw on a head. Yeah, because it was fried to hell. Yeah, yeah, and green at the end. <laughs> so that was from the hair dye. Ain't nothing I could do about that. Yeah, for sure. I think like with my hair. I got to the point where I would just want to wear ponytails, which for black girls, that's like a no. You have to, black hairstyles are very interesting. You either have to have like braids, our hair, if you put it in a ponytail, it might break off or um, it looks like unkempt. So then like people are talking about how your mom doesn't know how to do hair. And that's not necessarily true. My mom actually could do, can do hair. She braids mm-hmm. very well, but there's a stigma with black girls in Afro textured hair because like for whatever reason, like we're just all trying to not look quote unquote um, nappy headed and beastly or whatever the, the phrases are that they associate with black girls and our appearance. And, and the way the hair grows out of the fucking scalp. Yeah. Like you can't do anything about that. So you have like your bows, you have your beads, like all the stuff surrounding hair. And I'm a low maintenance chick. Like the less I have to sit in the chair, for my hair to be done like I'm cool but I didn't I started doing my own hair the older that I got and so I did get into like a nice rhythm of um washing my hair on Sundays sitting under the dryer putting my hair in a wrap like it was a process um and so I was very proud of it my hair had gotten super long and then you know what happened hormones so I went through a very brief six months period where my hair in the back of my head fell out Ah. for no reason. Like it just all broke off. And then I had like acne on my forehead. So that whatever was happening with my body was just fucking up. So like I put all this work into my hair, like getting it to grow. Like my mom was leaving me alone about the relaxers and things. I just took it, you know, in my own wings and then my hair broke off and I was devastated. I know. Yeah. So, cause remember junior year, I cut off my hair. I got, I cut my hair short mm-hmm. and that was why. And it was, I was so, I was so sad cause it had broken off like in the middle. So in the middle of my hair was like just short, like broken off hair. And then the sides of it were just fine and uneven or they were just uneven. Mm-hmm. And so um, my hairdresser at the time, she was like, um, she's like, don't cry. And I was like, I'm probably going to cry. And she's like, I have to cut it because it's so bad. Like the breakage is terrible. And yeah. I was like, I just was, I didn't cry because I don't cry in public. But, you know, later on, later on, like in my room, I was just so devastated. And um, I had that shitty ass boyfriend. <laughs> and, you know, he called it cute or whatever. But then he would like pick at me. And I was okay. just like, I, I'm so sensitive. Yeah. Like, just don't. I was like, okay. So literally the bare minimum. Oh, no. Undercut again. Yeah. It's just, you know, we're just sensitive about our hair and our appearance because there's so many, like, connotations surrounding it that we can't control. Yeah. So that was Uh traumatic. Yeah. Just, like, a quick little detour. When I was a kid and, like, the girls would show up with the braids and the um, beads, I was like, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have beads in my hair. Yeah. So, like, what was your relationship with your hair with all this, like, your mom and then you and teachers? Like, what was the relationship with it? 
I hated it mm. because I didn't know what to do with it. And I would just throw it up in a bun or like throw it in a ponytail or leave it down or do up and down. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was pretty basic. And I was like, I feel like you could be elevated to greatness. And I don't know how. Right. And I would see things like on TV, like it was mostly white girls with curls. And I'm like, yeah. I wish my hair would be that kind of curl. And it wasn't until later my mom was like, all right, basically these girls have curled their hair. Mm. They're trying to get their hair like yours. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to work without some heat. And I was like, I just want some Scarlett O'Hara curls in my oh, hair yeah, or did. Shirley Te Temple hair. Mm. And it wouldn't work without heat. And I, I mean, it's like I said, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I fried it to hell. Yeah. Because it was just, one, you were seeing like all these different things and you were just trying to figure out everything that you needed to do. So, yep. Let's take a quick break because I want to get more into like our hair journey and what we're doing now with our hair that we have come to appreciate it a little bit better. Um, then we'll get into makeup. Just bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sound like we're back in the filthy bitch class, like how to filthy one-on-one. If you guys are cool with it, I'm cool with it. <laughs> All um, right, so back to our hair. Yeah, so particularly the natural hair journey wave. Now, so, class, line along. <laughs> I will educate all who will seek the knowledge. Oh, God. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> no, essentially what's happening is, so in, back in 2010, there was this whole thing about natural hair journeys. So, like I said, I got a relaxer when I was four, and I had never really understood the fact that I have Afro-textured hair, curly hair, whatever you want to say. Like, I knew that I was getting relaxers, and I knew that I was making it straight, but the texture of my hair was completely unknown to me. So, I started watching YouTube videos where girls were chopping off their relaxed ends and growing out their hair, and this blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, what? So um, I think if I think back long enough, it was a girl named Shelly that I watched. And then there was another black girl with like super long hair. And if you're black listening to this, like, just remember, I was I grew up around white people. <laughs> I grew up on a military base. I wasn't around a lot of black people. So like the variations of black hair, ethnic hair, whatever you want to call it, um, just very limited. Limited, not exposed, so forgive me. Also, it was the 90s, and I feel like the 90s was very much on the hair relaxer wave. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone had, like, the updo and the, and the swept bang, and, you know, it basically was, like, prom hairstyles for Black women. All the time. <laughs> in everyday life. So exactly. <laughs> we did that. Uh, so for me in particular, I started looking at these girls who were chopping off their hair and growing out their natural hair and um you know, showing the chronological changes within their hair. And so I started to really think deeply about doing this myself. When I was in college, so relaxers also require maintenance. So about every four to six weeks, you're going to retouch up your new growth. There's also this old, this whole community with girls who are getting relaxers who would like stretch their relaxers. So this whole black hair care thing was on the internet for me to just research and look into which was exciting for me because I lived on the internet throughout my own life, but I had never seen a like hair community surrounding Afro textured hair. 
As someone who appreciates low maintenance and like not having to touch things up, mm -hmm. this all sounds terrible. It's very terrible. And so I say that to say in college, when I was the first semester of school, I got a relaxer going into college and then I didn't get my hair done. And the only thing I knew to do was like wash my hair and kind of, you know, figure it out and wait for my next relaxer. I didn't really know how to maintain my hair that was growing out. So for me, I was worried that my hair would break off again. And I also couldn't afford going to get my hair relaxed and styled. So it was multi-layered for me as the reasons why I wanted to do the big chop. So fast forwarding, uh, what happened? <laughs> it's really funny. I had to do a project where I had to put myself in a comfortable position and I didn't have a project. It was one of those things like I waited to the last minute mm -hmm. and I was already growing out my hair from January, which was my last relaxer after I went home to, I guess it was like the end of April. So I was like, I can chop off my hair and that could be my project. <laughs> so I knew I was going to cut off my hair. It's just like the timing of it was not really worked out. So me and my friend Madison, <laughs> she was like, boasting me up to chop my hair off. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I'm turning my back on things. And I just like, I was having like a whole like crisis yeah. about cutting your hair off. Cause women in general, we don't like cutting our hair anyway, mm -hmm. or at least back then we didn't. And I say we not to generalize, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I still don't like cutting my hair off. Exactly. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. So she had to boost me up. She called her mom and her mom like gave me a pep talk. I hadn't told anyone that I was cutting my hair. I just told Madison and her mom <laughs> and I chopped off my hair and it was short as fuck, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. I was like, this is cool. So for me, that was the beginning of like getting to know my hair, which in turn was getting to know myself and learning different techniques, like different oil. So I realized that, you know, grease is bad for your hair. And I learned what a sulfate was. And I learned like all the stuff about hair that, you know, in a, in a small bubble of growing up and where we lived in the South, <laughs> like people weren't doing that. They weren't like branching out to like discover themselves. Like, I don't even think I really saw dreads. You know, did you see anybody with dreads in school? Well, guys, but never, yeah, I never really girls. Too, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I didn't see these representations of different black hair. Mm -hmm. So going on the internet, like having an existential crisis before I chopped it off was like very liberating. And then I went home for the first summer after college and my dad was just upset <laughs> to say the least. Which is weird because it's not his hair. I mean, well, what did we talk about with the whole style episode and my daddy issues? Like. Yep. This whole thing about being presentable, this whole thing about um, what femininity is, like gender roles, like all that stuff. He grew up in a different time. So mm -hmm. I don't necessarily fault my dad all the way, but it definitely played into his reaction to me having not. I mean, it was short, definitely, but it was short. And then I didn't plan on doing anything to it other mm -hmm. than letting it be. Yeah. And that didn't sit well with him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. It sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Um, so, you know, for me, coming to terms with my hair was then turned into this whole thing about getting people to accept me for how the fuck I was. 
you know, you know what I mean? Like my hair is a part of me and it's, if we lived in a different society, like no one would give a fuck like what my hair looked like. And they would definitely understand the fact that it grows out of my scalp. Therefore it is, it's my hair. It just is what it It is. It is what it is. But like, for whatever reason, you know, people associate connotations that we make up social constructs of what having good hair or presentable hair looks like. So for me, um, that whole journey of just like saying fuck you to everybody who had something to say about my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about boundaries in one episode. Like I had to draw a boundary of like, you can't discuss my hair because I didn't fucking ask you. Right. And I had to say this to my dad. Like I don't make a comment on my hair cause I don't care. And then he would call himself trying to be um, supportive. Like he told me I should go to the barber. I should have somebody else like do it professionally, whatever. Um, but I definitely got many moments in times where he was just like, are you going to do something with your hair? Like what's up with your hair? And it was like a learning curve for me because my hair is very, very fucking dry. Like I have like, (laughs) this is the other part. I will stop in a second, but the last part I want to say with this is so with these girls I was watching on YouTube, like they had a very different type of hair texture. So me not knowing what my actual hair looked like, I was assuming that it would be quite similar to these girls who had more like 3C hair, 3A or 4A hair. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. hair that was less coarse and dry as mine was and high porosity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me, I didn't know what to expect. And then the hair that I got was like, this is work. Like this is hair that I wasn't expecting and, and isn't deemed like the most coveted or attractive hair to have as a black girl. So even coming to terms with that was a long, long road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. So as you can see, hi. Hi, I mean, you could have kept going. I'm like here for it. I mean, I think the, the main thing filthies, especially those of you who are on your hair journey, especially if you're if you have Afro textured hair, obviously, but if you're a white girl and you're on a hair journey of like these expectations surrounding like what is kept, what is acceptable or whatever, like we one have to take this language out of just our overall appearance of like bashing ourselves when we look how the fuck we were born, like take away makeup, take away hair products or whatever. Like if you just wake up in the sun, (laughs) And you're just like living your life trying to survive. Like you're, you're going to look how you're going to look. And yeah, beauty is important in the society that we have. But at the same time, like if the first thing you need to do before you start experimenting with like your looks and stuff is embrace whatever the fuck you look like. And however that is like, sure. And we can talk about like whether people want to make changes to themselves or whatever. If you, if there's some girls who, do the big chop and they're just like, it's not for me. And then they go back, which fine, which whatever it's your fucking hair. But you know, to feel like you have to, to feel like you must is ridiculous. And I think we need to stop that. So that's, that's what I got with natural hair journey. That was a short version. This was, I've been 10 years natural. Um, it was April 27th, 2010 is when I chopped my hair off. So, oh shit. Yeah. It's been over 10 years. It's a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, just letting go of the fact that, you know, okay, so you chop off your hair and you're natural now. So now it's now the new thing is like to grow your natural hair. Like now you want to have big, 
poofy, long natural hair. Like that's the goal. This is all so much work. It's so much work. And so I, I would love to go into what we do now to style and protect our hair, if anything. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking like how much work, like just hair in general takes. Like when you were talking about porosity, I'm like, I just learned about porosity like two months ago. Oh. I feel like I am still trying to learn about my hair. Like I discovered like a better way to um, comb my hair Mm -hmm. To make it more curly, like, I learned, like, it's supposed to be wet, and I should, like, comb it up and out to, like, increase the curl volume, and Mm -hmm. I am still learning about my hair because I, like, it's a generational curse, it's a small generational curse that we don't talk about, Yeah, about, like, embracing our hair and embracing, like, how to have it live its best life. Yeah. But... I have now learned to embrace the curl and to one, I learned how to fucking braid, which is just incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Two, I learned how to style my hair heedlessly. So I've been putting it in Bantu knots at night so I can give it like a old Hollywood like type of curl, like a looser, thicker curl. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, like I said, I learned how to like do head wraps. I learned that I need to put a satin pillowcase on my um, pillow at night. So it's my hair is not breaking off and it's not as tangled in the morning. And I've learned how to put on wigs. Like that's been a cool journey. Yeah. A frustrating journey sometimes. I feel so sad because like, you know, conceptually I've always felt that my hair and your hair were so different. But, like, hearing you talk about the things that you're discovering and the things that I grew up with, I'm just like, I could have been helping her this whole time. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, like, I I feel that we we forget that we're more similar than we are different, even mm-hmm. with different hair textures. Um, and there are things that I know that you can benefit from and vice versa. And I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I think, like, increase the divide? Mm. Walmart. Do you want to know why? The hair sections with yes. textured hair and regular people hair. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Bill, that was loud. <laughs> seriously, like I, in my hair journey, like on one of the websites, I'm going to give you the link to this website that, okay. I, that I found that helped me. But they were just like, yeah, you can use Aussie Moist. And we're just like, but that's in the white people section. And you're just like, you, you think this is, oh, this is so deep. You think that you're different because of marketing and capitalism. We keep bringing it back to capitalism. It all comes back to cap. It was capitalism all along. All along. And filthies, like seriously, (laughs) there is no such thing necessarily as like white hair products. Because I introduced my friend. I think I said her name earlier, so I'll keep it on trend. Sorry, girl. But um we'll just call her girl yeah my friend who helped me cut off my hair i introduced her to orx which used to be organics and it was like the green uh, lotion and she was like what is this i i love it and i i swear to you to this day she still uses organics Mm -hmm. and i'm just like you know you think it's a black girl product but white girls can use it too they can use less of it but they still can use it yeah and it's migrated over to the white girl section has it really Mm -hmm. 
Well, were me and Madison ahead of the curve? I keep fucking saying her name. Were me and her <laughs> ahead of the curve? You were? Is migrated over there now. I was on the flip side where we were an uh, um, Aussie Moisture family, a Swab family, mm-hmm. Redkin, like whatever, like products we can get our hands on mm-hmm. for curly hair or what yep. we thought was just for curly hair. I used Bedhead for a while. Mm-hmm. And then one day in college, I we were at Walmart and I migrated over to the natural hair section. And this is when I was first learning about sulfates and parabens and how bad they are for like my hair texture. And I was like, oh, this has none of it. Oh, I can just use this. Mm-hmm. I can just use it. Like no one's going to like, there's not a bouncer at the Walmart cashier that's like, Mm-mm, can't use this girl like a litmus test of oh your hair is just in the shade and not curly enough you can't use it exactly it's so true um it was capitalism all along this whole time because listen when you're when you're going on your hair journey and finding out things that work for it i mean across the board white black or whoever like our hair needs natural things um there's a debate about coconut oil but i'm going to use it as an example coconut oil argan oil, whatever type of oil or butters or shea, whatever you want to use on your hair, if it works, it fucking works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have these, these preconceived notions about what is good for our hair. For me, I mean, I have stopped uh, wrapping my hair so much lately because I used to wrap my hair religiously every single night. I've gotten away from it, but I'm bringing it back because I, I, chopped off a little bit of my hair earlier in the pandemic. Um, Who hasn't among us? I know. Like I was just on that wave of just, I'm feeling bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go on a, like a new regenerative hair journey and it's going to be so amazing and whatever fun. But I was like, I'm going to do my plaits and, you know, plait my hair down and moisturize it every couple days and all the shit I should have been doing, <laughs> but deep conditioning it. Um, doing protein treatments on it, like all this stuff that is, that used to be a fucking pain when you're a kid. But I mean, now it's fun. Now we call it self-care Sunday. Now it's self-care Sunday, which um, I do want to touch on how, like how you said the, the natural hair section was so small, but now hair care is so big. Like if you go into Target, I mean, the same girls I've been watching on YouTube, um, shout out to Black Onyx, like her shit's in Target. And I remember in 2010, like I was watching her chop off her hair mm-hmm. and now she's like a multi-million dollar black owned business. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's an amazing story of like how if we just open up ourselves to community, then we can be successful like black onyx or mm-hmm. we can find out that our friend also needs a satin pillowcase and girl like. I could have been putting you on this whole time. I feel so, like such a failure. <laughs> my hair could have like stopped breaking off. Like I could have stopped waking up to a clump of my own hair. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I think like her, like it's like the natural hair. Like it's like the Walmart natural hair thing all over again. Like mm-hmm. now I'm on the hair wrap and wigs vibe. And before I was like, well, I can't do this. I'm just like a Puerto Rican chick with too much hair and I don't know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can just do this. Yep. There are no rules. There are no rules. Mm -hmm. And like something Professor X like continuously points out to me, which I've never like denied, but like there, like my hair has like African in me. It's like part of the Afro Latinx community. And like, yes, I can just do whatever with it. Yeah. Except straighten it. Like 
if you're listening to this, stop putting heat on your hair. It's just killing it. Yeah. I I will straighten my hair once every six months. And that's like at the most. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first moved to Boston, I straightened it for like two months straight. And it was kind of okay, but I learned how to properly straighten my hair, not put so much heat on it, put the proper product on it to protect it. But like she said, don't do that shit, girls <laughs> or guys. It just, it kills your hair. It kills your hair. It takes all your hard work. It takes, yeah. It just kills it. And like the last time I went to um, my hairstylist, she cut off like almost two inches of hair. Yeah, because she had to. Because she killed had it. to. I killed it. <laughs> I killed it with frying and dyeing. And you know what? Plug for wigs. I can have the colored hair I always wanted. Yeah. So let's talk about really quickly wigs and weaves. So your girl over here, E with a K, discovered weaves when I was a senior in high school, and it fucking blew my mind. I was like. Why wasn't I doing this? Because let's set the stage. I'm a ponytail type of hoe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like all this extra shit when it comes to my hair. I'm gonna put it up. I'm gonna leave it alone. I don't wanna touch it. I And if it is out, I'm going to, it's like a tick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like touch it and like play with it. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't do anything for me. So having a weave in my hair is not because stupid ass, like trash ass men who don't understand anything we do literally none of this is for you none of it's for you but for guys who are just like they're just trying to like trick us or like you don't really look like that like wigs and weaves are to protect your hair or because you're fucking lazy and you don't like doing your hair it has nothing to do with trying to like pull the wool over your eyes like i i tell people all the time especially the guy who i just got done dating i was like it's it's not a big deal to me that you know that i wear wigs and i will like put it on and take it off you're still gonna fuck me so like right what do you want also, if your dumbass thinks I have naturally gold eyelids, <laughs> get out of the dating pool. Get out of it. Yeah. But um, so I was wearing weaves for a while and then I discovered wigs about a year ago and I'm just not going back. I refuse. Listen, after my hair got cut mm-hmm. and you kind of put me on the wig wave. I literally called my mother and I was like, why was I not like, why did you not tell me about this sooner? Yeah. And she's like, well, when I grew up, like it was just old lady wigs. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. My hair is now curly and purple. And I could have been doing this this whole time. Absolutely. Instead of killing it. Yeah. She could have let you wear wigs in high school when you wanted curly hair. Or when I wanted black hair. Yeah. Or when I wanted red hair. Like when I wanted like to color my hair all sorts of crazy color. Because mm-hmm. that was like mostly the fights that we would get into about my hair. Mm-hmm. Well, beyond like the relaxer is I want to color my hair. Like I want to dye it black. Yeah. She could have been like, you know what? I don't want you to like dye your hair. But here is this wig. Here's a wig. That you could pop on. Yeah. Because I think also there was a stigma back in the day the world has really changed since we were in high school and mm-hmm. we say that like we're old but we're really we're not um the world has moved really quick it's moved very quickly i think with um wigs and weaves there was this negative connotation of just like being fake or being um like your hair doesn't grow like you're bald-headed underneath your mm-hmm. wig or whatever like all that shit that black people like we gotta take some <laughs> responsibility like we say some toxic shit to each other and it 
it's fucked up. But I think we've calmed down on it now because mm. Instagram and the social media. But thank you so much, Instagram influencers. You can now leave because your feeds all look the same. They, yeah, we talk about that on Instagram Live. So pluggable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm very glad for like the work that the natural hair community did. Mm-hmm. And if you're a curly girl, like a curly Afro Latinx girl who doesn't know what to do with her hair, you can literally do whatever you want. Except for fry it. Please don't fry it. Yeah. Whatever Please you want. put the straightener down. Yeah. I think in the end, what I've learned with going natural, remaining natural, never fucking want to put a relaxer in my hair ever again. It creeps into my mind maybe like once every few years, but it's only because I'm bored. But uh, I digress. I would say... On this journey, I've really just learned that we put a lot of bullshit on ourselves concerning our appearance, Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. Right. And I was just thinking about the fact that um, we're constantly told to, like, straighten our hair Mm -hmm. and to, like, make it more appealing, especially when you go for job interviews. Yeah. So there was a time I had my hair dyed blue. Mm-hmm. If you were like, you don't want that hair color because when you go for job interviews, people aren't going to hire you. Mm-hmm. And now the way I feel about my hair, whether it's going to be curly or whatever, like, if you are not going to hire me for whatever position because of the way my hair looks, mm-hmm. I do not want to fucking work for you. Right. It's the same thing for, like, people who are saying, well, you want to be careful about what you put on your Facebook because, like, a job might not hire you because of it. If you are not going to hire me because of what I put on the internet, and what I put on the internet is, like, not really hateful, it's not racist, it's not sexist, it's not homophobic, it's just, like, what I do. Basically, like, people are telling me this because, like, my whole fucking ass on the internet. (laughs) If you are not going to hire me because of that, I do not want to fucking work for you. Yeah, because we all shake her ass what did i say in one of our episodes we all fuck like mm-hmm. we all like drink yeah you know, unless you're sober but we all do these things in our personal fucking time and you can argue i guess like well you go into work but like your hair is not going to hinder you from doing your job it doesn't take away your education your mind if you feel like having blue hair is unpresentable you know i had to learn this and i learned it with you and in like watching you kind of live out loud but all this stuff is arbitrary i mean the world is gonna have to catch up eventually Mm -hmm. a lot of it isn't there yet but honestly all these fucking people have to die off first yeah (laughs) like again if you are going to equate my hair Mm -hmm. or my dress Mm -hmm. or the fact that i shake my ass with my work ethic my skill set and my education I do not want to fucking work for you. Yep. Like, you don't have to have me as an employee, and I don't want you as an employer. Yeah, because they're probably shitty anyway. Yeah, they usually are. Yep. Facts. And, whew, absolutely. I can echo that. I don't want the episode to be too long, but, I mean, the whole straighten your hair for a job interview situation, like, that is 100% a thing, and that has to stop doesn't stop. I've stopped doing it. I have to. I will wear a puff or my fucking wig. <laughs> I will just put it in a low ponytail or a bun. Mm-hmm. 
Or sometimes it'll just be up and down. Yeah. It depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, last point for me is girls, unfortunately, white people, we grossed you all the time on Unpacked Filth, but just it, the world just caters to you, honestly. You're the default. So. It, honestly, and it's not your fault. It's just what it is. But, you know, white girls have their hair grow out of their head. If they want to put it in a ponytail, they can. And it's not seen as unpresentable. Some might conceive it as lazy, but then you have this whole thing about, you know, a stylish ponytail, an updo, whatever it is, a messy bun. Which black girls don't do that messy buns. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, it's the same thing when I decide to wear my puff. My puff is my ponytail. And people quote unquote messy bun. It's my my ponytail and my messy bun in tandem. And there's not a lot I can fucking do about it. So it's efficient. That's all I got to say on it. And we're going to take a quick break. Um, our, so we can get to our final segment on makeup, which I'm very excited about. Wake up, wake up on a holiday. <laughs> Hillary Duff for you hoes. How many songs do you have in your arsenal? I honestly am a walking jukebox like i know so many songs in my brain it's not even it's very ridiculous so well, it works it does especially for the filthies <sighs> gotta keep you guys engaged <sighs> so we're gonna talk about uh makeup now and this is gonna be fun because if you've been following my instagram i have been really serving you bitches looks and you know i know <laughs> be jealous <laughs> and I think like you, my friend, have really been encouraging me to take my makeup to the next level. Yes, because I go pretty bold with my makeup looks. Mm -hmm. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see the Leo in my chart just shining out. I'm like bold, bright, smoky. Give it to me. Shining on you hoes. <laughs> Shining on you babies. Anyway. <laughs> I do actually get like a lot of replies to my stories based mm -hmm. on my makeup looks. Yeah. I think, um, you know, makeup, if you really want to think about it, was something that was inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the modern, not the modern, but the housewives of the 20th century would use makeup to just kind of look a little bit better than normal. But now it's like a whole vibe, aesthetic, like we are doing bold lips, we're doing just bright eyes. I know we didn't write this down in the show notes, but what are some makeup looks that you were told growing up or makeup rules that you were told growing up? Um, I was told that you can't do um, like the eyeshadow and the bright lips at the same time. Yeah. I was told that too. Mm -hmm. Like you got to pick one. Yeah. And I didn't want to. Yeah. And I was told that, um, Dark makeup looks were for nighttime and lighter makeup was for daytime, which is bullshit. Oh, that's right. Because mm -hmm. I definitely remember watching that on America's Next Top Model. Mm -hmm. All these like rules of conformity of of how to express yourself. You know, I don't want to get too into it, but it's just these arbitrary rules that mm -hmm. I just don't understand where they come from. Capitalism. It was capitalism all along. You're right. Because... Oh, and to like separate street walkers are the goth people or the, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people of the night. All right. So let's. So you went through a natural hair journey. Yeah. 
Thank you guys for listening to that. And now we're going to go on a makeup journey. Let's dissect our makeup looks from back in the day. Okay. Yes. All right. How far back are we going? Um, I'm probably going to go back to high school and that's about it. Okay. Um, I'm going to just take a slight detour to middle school only oh. because it's like the filthies don't know, but my first makeup item was a um, MAC pressed powder in NW45. <laughs> so my mom was nice enough to let me wear makeup in seventh grade and makeup as in just powder to, I really don't know why I was wearing powder. <laughs> it just seems so grown up. And I think I've always had this fascination of um, going into my mom's makeup and playing with it. So yeah. Oh, it's kind of like an acknowledgement of mother daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My heart. <laughs> it just feels so good. But yeah, so, so that. And then what about you in high school? What happened? All right. So to be honest, I don't think I was super big into makeup, but I was very emo and very gothy. So that meant like a lot of black, a lot of chains. And of course, the black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Underneath the eyes and around the eyes. But I did not see a lot of Latinx goths. So what I was defaulting to, like I said before, was the white girls I was seeing. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to look like Amy Lee from Evanescence. Oh, Shout yeah. out to the super pale ghost girl on the covers. Oh, yes. I loved her. I love her voice. And I really like just wanted to emulate her style. Mm-hmm. But... When I would, my mom said I looked like a raccoon. Yeah. I wanted to be a anime scene kid. And I wanted, like, the bang. So if you remember correctly, I would always wear, like, my straight bang. Mm-hmm. That was my way of rebelling because as we uncovered with the hair episode, you would put rollers in your hair as a black girl to make it curly. Mm-hmm. So straight well, my um, was me being rebellious <laughs> i don't know what like all right can you explain who sasuke is like that makes me think of like sasuke for some reason explain who sasuke is yeah do you have time <laughs> do, um so do we have time yeah so sasuke is a character in Nar- well naruto naruto however you pronounce it and he is he's a very interesting character mm. he's kind of a bad guy but also Grew up with them. It's a, he has a really interesting storyline. Okay. But, but Sasuke is a character who's like bad, okay. but also hot. Okay. All right. <laughs> because yeah. Because I was like, no, I was like thinking like anime scene kids. And I'm like, why is the name Sasuke coming into my head? Oh, because Megan Stallion put yeah. it out there for the world. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we both had like these boxes that we wanted to fit in, but the boxes weren't really for us mm. because they were exclusionary. They yeah. were defaults for white people. Yeah. But our I would be fair and say that our communities did that as well. Like they mm-hmm. reinforced that whole idea. Because when I first took out my MAC powder, my friend at the time was just like, don't be doing that white girl shit. Mm-hmm. I know. And like if you're white listening to this, like, that's not your fault. I think that's internalized racism on our part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please don't apologize to us in the street. Wake up, wake up on a holiday. <laughs> Hillary Duff for you hoes. How many songs do you have in your arsenal? I honestly am a walking 
jukebox. Like I know so many songs in my brain. It's not even, it's very ridiculous. So well, it works. It does. Especially for the filthies. <sighs> Gotta keep you guys engaged. <sighs> so we're going to talk about uh, makeup now. And this is going to be fun because if you've been following my Instagram, I have been really serving you bitches looks. And, you know, I know. <laughs> be jealous. <laughs> and I think, like, you, my friend, have really been encouraging me to take my makeup to the next level. Yes, because I go pretty bold with my makeup looks. Mm -hmm. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see the Leo in my chart just shining out. I'm like, bold, bright, smoky. Give it to me. Shining on you hoes. <laughs> Shining on you babies. Anyway. <laughs> I do actually get like a lot of replies to my stories based mm -hmm. on my makeup looks. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, makeup, if you really want to think about it, was something inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the modern, not the modern, but the housewives of the 20th century would use makeup to just kind of look a little bit better than normal. But now it's like a whole vibe aesthetic. Like we are doing bold lips. We're doing just bright eyes. I know we didn't write this down in the show notes, but what are some makeup looks that you were told growing up or makeup rules that you were told growing up? Um, I was told that you can't do eyeshadow in the bright lips at the same time. Yeah. I was told that too. Mm -hmm. Like you got to pick one. Yeah. And I, didn't want to. Yeah. And I was told that um, dark makeup looks were for nighttime and lighter makeup was for daytime, which is bullshit. Oh, that's right. Because mm -hmm. I definitely remember watching that on America's Next Top Model. Mm -hmm. All these like rules of conformity of, of how to express yourself. You know, I don't want to get too into it. <laughs> But it's just these arbitrary rules that mm -hmm. I just don't understand where they come from. Capitalism. It was capitalism all along. You're right. Because, oh, and to like separate street walkers are the goth people or the, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people of the night. All right. So let's. So you went through a natural hair journey. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to that. And now we're going to go on a makeup journey. Let's dissect our makeup looks from back in the day. Okay. Yes. All right. How far back are we going? Um, I'm probably going to go back to high school, and that's about it. Okay. Um, I'm going to just take a slight detour to middle school only oh. because it's, like, the filthies don't know, but my first makeup item was a um, MAC pressed powder <laughs> in NW45. <laughs> so my mom was nice enough to let me wear makeup in seventh grade. In makeup as in just powder to, I really don't know why I was wearing powder. It just seems so grown up. And I think I've always had this fascination of um, going into my mom's makeup and playing with it. So, yeah. Oh, it's kind of like an acknowledgement of mother-daughter. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. My heart. <laughs> it just feels so good. But, yeah, so, so that. And then what about you in high school? What happened? All right. So, to be honest, I don't think I was super big into makeup, but I was very emo and very gothy. So that meant like a lot of black, a lot of chains, and of course, the black eyeliner mm -hmm. underneath the eyes and around the eyes. But 
I did not see a lot of Latinx goths. So what I was defaulting to, like I said before, was the white girls I was seeing. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to look like Amy Lee from Evanescence. Oh, Shout yeah. out to the super pale ghost girl on the covers. Oh, yes. I loved her. I love her voice. And I really like just wanted to emulate her style. Mm-hmm. But when I would, my mom said I looked like a raccoon. Yeah. I wanted to be a anime scene kid. And I wanted like the bang. So if you remember correctly, I would always wear like my straight bang. Mm-hmm. That was my way of rebelling because as we uncovered with the hair episode, you would put rollers in your hair as a black girl to make it curly. Mm-hmm. So straight um, was me being rebellious. <laughs> I don't know what, like, all right, can you explain who Sasuke is? Like, that makes me think of, like, Sasuke for some reason. Explain who Sasuke is? Yeah. Do you have time? <laughs> do um, we, so, do so, we have time? Yeah, so Sasuke is a character in, Nar- well, Naruto, Naruto. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I think obviously it evolved through college, but from what I can tell, the beauty community has just exploded. Whew, yes. Um, so back to YouTube. <laughs> when <laughs> All was, roads lead back to YouTube. YouTube, I mean, it's a pivotal point in pop culture. I hope the history books really flesh this out in the way that it deserves because mm-hmm. it, you know, the internet exposes people to things they otherwise would not have been exposed to and i remember like watching some of the earlier youtube videos with the beauty influencers who weren't necessarily influencers they were just girls that like to do makeup pixie woo was one of my first ones that i watched um and then i think it was i say dulce candy all the time i ride for dulce mm-hmm. um she's a mexican american it's a very interesting story but she showed me how to do makeup look she was also in the army cool girl discover like the Jackie Inas and the, um, you know, everyone else (laughs) later. But, you know, like we said, makeup used to be for just dolling yourself up a little bit, but these techniques really evolved and gave us access and everybody wanted to BH cosmetics. (laughs) (laughs) And that was awesome. All right. So for those of us who don't know about BH cosmetics Mm -hmm. and by those, I mean me. Okay. Please explain. Okay, so um, BH Cosmetics is a company that did makeup brushes and eyeshadow palettes. And so when YouTube was in its infancy, they would get these young influencers to buy their product and show it off to their followers. So that's kind of like the early stages of beauty influence. So everybody had the BH Cosmetics palette. Um, The more influencers that popped up on social media at the time, it was YouTube. Uh, they would feature this palette and do looks from it. So it was very colorful. Um, It had like 55 shades or something crazy. And then they had like a neutral one. And so everyone just had it in their kit. So for me watching it, couldn't really afford it. But I think right now it's like 20 bucks. And when you think of, when you conceptualize eyeshadow palettes now, they're like, that's cheap as fuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, BH Cosmetics walked so fucking naked could run. (laughs) So everybody basically needs to pay their respects to BH Cosmetics. They, they need to bow down. Also, I want to do a shout out to Sigma because Sigma brushes were huge. So even the concept of the tools that you use for makeup was cultivated in the YouTube space where these beauty influencers would get these brushes. And like me 
learning about makeup didn't realize you needed different brushes to do different things. Right, because eyeshadows as we knew it, like especially, like you said, like makeup was just to judge yourself up and not look tired. Mm -hmm. You just had like the little four by four eyeshadow palettes with like the pressed foam and that was it. Yeah, that horrible thing that everyone throws away now. Yeah. So they should really stop putting that in eyeshadow palettes anyway. Because you're ruining the environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so especially seeing black girls with makeup, I mean, the first time I saw someone wear a makeup look with bright colors, she wore like, it was a green and yellow makeup look with false eyelashes. And she did like the winged liner for the first time I saw. And I was like, what is this amazing shit? It's like art. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really rules, mm -hmm. but I think us as women of color, we were told to stay away from certain colors and mm -hmm. certain lipsticks. Yep. Let's talk about the red lip. Yeah. So I think girls who are into makeup or guys who are into makeup, let's be inclusive, mm -hmm. but everyone who's in the makeup remembers slightly the days where it was frowned upon to do a bright red lip and a smoky eye it because you look like a quote-unquote streetwalker or whatever or just what i don't know and so the red lip is super powerful because the first time i got a not only just a a red lip but a red lip that was suitable for my skin type <laughs> and my skin color i was popping couldn't be told anything. Couldn't tell a bitch nothing. Nothing, ho. <laughs> Stunning on a bitch. <laughs> so. It's such a powerful tool to bring out into the world. Mm -hmm. And for me, as a Latinx woman, um, so not only am I like really told to like stay away from red lips, but red lips and hoops. Yeah. Stay away from those because those like con like those have like a negative connotation. But I love throwing on a red lip like a bright red lip yep like the first thing you see in a fog is my lips <laughs> and big old hoop, hoops like i know the saying like the bigger the hoop the bigger the hoe well then call me the biggest hoe on the block because i love those hoops that touch my shoulders all right i love it <laughs> um so i like really embrace it like i take it back I take back the negative connotations. I take back the stereotypes of them mm -hmm. and I run with it. Yeah. And I've never gotten a man complain about my red lips. So, um, and I also want to quickly touch on a lot of the reasons why black girls or Latinx girls also might not have been told to wear red lips is because it draws attention to how full our lips are and people be racist. So I think like, all this drawing attention to yourself, especially with makeup, used to be something negative because it was women being bold, living out loud, and not giving a fuck like if someone saw me as a streetwalker, which right. is not true. Right. And it's like all kind of like, oh, you just like attention or you think mm -hmm. you've grown or that kind of thing. Like, one, I do like attention, so <laughs> leave me alone. All right. And two, mm -hmm. if you are ascribing this like to ground label on a teenager, maybe take a, take a look in the mirror, look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to touch on something really quick because when we were moving out of the dark ages with makeup into the light, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had a conversation with somebody about like younger girls wearing makeup, like 13 year olds, how I had my pressed powder. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's like, oh, 13 year olds nowadays, like they, they look grown. Essentially, <laughs> they look a lot better than we did at 13. Um, and so I had a conversation years ago where it was like, well, 13 year olds don't need makeup. And then someone like had to shake my shake me and be like, no one really needs makeup. It's just fun. It's a fun thing to do to express yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that projection that you put on like young girls for wearing makeup and wanting to be like, quote unquote, older than they appear, like that's something that you make up. Right. But it's, it's a made up thought. Right. And not only that, but everyone at that age wants to be older. Like when you're a child, you want to be older than mm-hmm. what you are. When you're a teenager, you want to be older than what you are. The only time you stop wanting to be older than what you are is when you got bills to pay. And even <laughs> then I'm like, I kind of wish I was 55. So at least I could get 10% off at Denny's. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about this? I've thought about it quite frequently. I would like 10% off my pancakes. Yeah. But you know what really hinders um, what really hinders this idea with younger kids wanting to like look grown or whatever is the fact that there is information out there, the access, the colors, the things that are correct for every individual person. There are like techniques and tools that you can learn to do things correctly. So I feel like the younger girls can like do all this stuff and look great, like look amazing Mm -hmm. and cute, fun, fresh, however they want to look is because the techniques are available. The way to do it properly is available. Mm -hmm. Isn't it strange that we kind of want like the younger generation to suffer the way we suffered? Mm Because I'm still kind of like, man, I wish you guys just had an awkward face. I mean, but they do though. They do in their own way. Yeah. It's different from how we did. Because we didn't have, like, you couldn't just Google something to figure something out. You had to, like, <laughs> you had to read a book or, you know, like, you had to read a magazine. Um, there wasn't a, to suffer. There wasn't a step-by-step, like, 30-second tutorial on, you know, reels, which mm-hmm. I don't know why they're trying to make a thing, but whatever. Somebody's got to take place at TikTok. <laughs> so, you know, they have they have these resources where they can learn and, and not have to struggle like we did because mm-hmm. we were just kind of guessing because my first eyeshadow palette I went to CVS and bought like the chalkiest like you know had no blending ability like did just awful you just slapped on some blue and called it a day yeah but I thought I was doing something because I couldn't afford $20 of BH Cosmetics <laughs> which is now like a cheap ass palette and now you just look at it like, like ugh. I was like I can get this shit yeah <laughs> Okay, let me just go over to Anastasia. Absolutely. So, I mean, now makeup is, you know, for regular everyday people. It's not just for makeup artists. It's not just for weddings. It's for artistry. Mm-hmm. It's for people who are now influencers. Like they have like, these whole brands surrounding it, which we do talk about influencers on our Instagram live. Every Saturday. Every Saturday, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Where we kind of unpack the stuff about what, what influencers do and products that are available and going back to capitalism. It all comes back to capitalism. <laughs> Which I mean, I, I love makeup, so I'm okay with that for this <sighs> for right now. topic. <laughs> yeah, for right now. For right now, but it was capitalism all along. Absolutely. 
I think that wraps up our section, though, on makeup. That was cleansing. It was. But if you have liked this episode or if you Mm -hmm. want to keep the conversation going, you can find us at our Instagram at unpackfilth. Or you can email us, unpackfilth at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us individually at Instagram. My um, username is in the bio, Mendacity and Tricks. Yes, mine is nice and airy21. And if you like this episode, you can like us, follow us, share with your friends. Yes, share with your friends. And we've gotten, um, as of today, as we're reporting this, 300 streams. Woo. So I know like 100 of them are mine. <laughs> but if you are streaming our episodes of Unpacked Bill, thank you guys so much for um, being listeners and interacting with us and supporting us. Yes. And like you mentioned earlier, we do a live every Saturday at noon. Mm-hmm. We love it, especially when y'all drop by, when you have comments, questions, yep. when you drive that conversation forward. Yeah. And let's see, do you want to mention, do you have any other pluggables? Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> right now it's Aerie Stars with a Z, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Woo. All right. Until next time, y'all. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.